In the backwater marshes Where the roads have no signs The water takes on the color Of cranberry wine And every evening the sun's fire Drowns in the bay And all the creatures that live here They got their own special way Pine Barren Blues The folks that live in the barrens They got a story they tell They say old Bluebeard's woman She bore a child from hell The night he's born he took wings on And flew out into the night They say you still hear him scream when the conditions are right It's true Buying barren blues Scrub oaks are growing And the roads have no signs All the life that can happen Happens deep in the pines You see a jack in the pulpit And the devil or two And when the moon shines full here You'll see some other things too it's true, the pine barren blues. It's true, the pine barren Like lots of folks these days are wanting to know about the Pine Barrens. What makes the Pine Barrens so special, you ask? Well, the Pine Barrens is a region of ancient forests and wetlands that have remained unchanged for a long, long time. They still make up a good part of southern New Jersey. Although a lot of stupid people would like to change that. Builders and developers and the rest of that starry bunch. But the Barons have their own way of dealing with them, so not to worry too much. There's a lot of things in the Pine Barons that happen here and nowhere else on Earth. Why, there's some 30 different species of plants and creatures that call only the pine lands of southern New Jersey home. 
Certain frogs and salamanders. Orchids and trees. Live here and nowhere else. And the purest of water lies under the pine barrens. What's more, the pine barrens are the only place that he calls home. <laughs> Come on now, you know who I mean. Mrs. Leeds, 13th youngin, the famous Jersey Devil. He's still here in the pines to this very day. Lurking about, hopping and flying hither and yon, waiting to scare the sweat out of somebody and <laughs> laughing and screaming all the while. The legends and stories are still alive here too. Where they've always been, where they belong and where they're always stay. Like the legend of Joe Mulliner and that bunch. Then there's the story of old pastor Jack Morrison and how he tried to bring Harry the Hermit Mortimer to the pulpit and, well, he drowned for his troubles. And it's here in the barrens that an old Indian chief cursed the rivers to be stained a very peculiar color of red. What makes the Pine Baron so special, you ask? Well, sit back, relax, and fire up your imagination, and I'll tell you some stories. Stories from the south of Jersey. Stories of the Pine Barrens. sailed up the Mullica River to a point that's now called Crowley's Landing. It was the middle of the winter and the river had almost frozen. They had run out of food and the elders of the ship knew Soon, graves would have to be dug, for the ship's company was dying. A group of Indians from the Lenny Lenape tribe had saw the ship founder and went back and spoke to their chief, Shamang, about the plight of the settlers. After much counsel, the tribe decided to help the 
the settlers and went about collecting corn and meats from the stores that they had for the winter. As the Indians approached, a man named John Hollock feared it was an attack. And they began shooting and maiming the Indians. After a half hour's time, all the Indians save one, the chief Shaman, lay dead in the sand. Just before Chief Shamong died, he called to the gods and said, As the blood from my brethren flow into the sand and into the streams, so shall these waters be forever cursed with their blood. That is why to this day, the waters that run through the Pine Barrens are stained red. Joe Mulliter was a highwayman, one of the pine robbers, and he'd steal gold and silver, and he'd take a man's life or a woman's dignity all in the quick wink of an eye. Have you seen Joe Mulliner? Myself, I'm looking for Joe Mulliner. Now, Joe Mulliner was captured in a town called Neskashag in 1781. And he was taken to Burlington, where he was hanged for his crimes. At the hanging, before anybody got a glimpse of Joe, a black hood was put over his head. And when the doors to the gallow opened, nobody really knew if that body swinging from that rope was Joe. There's those that say it was Joe and that the pine robbers would be no more. Others say someone took old Joe's place at the end of that rope, and he got away back into the barrens where he's living to this very day. 
Have you seen Joe Mulliner? I myself am looking for Joe. They say at the right time, during the cold of the night, there's a golden glow that can be seen in the pines. It's the gold that Joe's buried. Have you seen Joe Mulliner? I myself am. I'm looking for Joe Mulliner. Perhaps down in the Mordecai Swamp would be a good place to look for old Joe. Or maybe down in the Cold Spring Swamp. Some folks say they've seen Joe there. I myself am I'm looking for Joe Mulliner. Have you seen Joe Mulliner? a preacher who come to church in 1709. Jack Morrison was his name, and he'd call his parishioners to service with an old harmonica. Since there was no bell at the top of the church. Well, as in every parish or congregation, there was a Dalton Thomas in Chatsworth. Someone that wasn't of the faith quite the way old Jack wanted him to be. And his name was Harry the Hermit Mortimer. Now, Harry had a very peculiar thing about him. He stunk. And that's why he became a hermit. Nobody could stand to be near him. In fact, stories around Chatsworth said that one time, during an Indian fight, everybody in Harry's party was killed Except in Harry, because the Indians thought that the spirit of the dead lived in Harry and were afraid to kill him. Anyway, one Sunday, Jack went to see old Harry the Hermit Mortimer. Harry, Jack said, I'd like for you to come out to church Sunday and worship with us. And Harry looked at Jack the preacher and said, I'll come out, preacher. 
but you'll have to show me you're in favor with the good Lord. How might I do that, Harry? Jack asked. And Harry thought for a while and then said, I want you to walk across old Mr. White's cranberry bog. And if you be with the Lord the way you say you are, he'll save you from sinking. Okay, Harry, I'll do it. And then you'll be allowed to doubt no longer. Well, word soon got around Chatsworth what Jack the Preacher was going to do to show Harry that he stood good with the Lord. Sure enough, next Sunday, Jack and Harry and the entire congregation walked out to old Mr. White's cranberry bog. Jack turned and bowed in prayer and asked the Lord to bring Harry to the pulpit. And then Jack the preacher Morrison started across old Mr. White's bog where he promptly sank and was never seen again except in the springtime when the warm spring rains fall on the bogs you'll see a peculiar flower to this very day and it's called Jack in the Pulpit. If you were to go out and buy yourself a map, an old map of South Jersey, you might soon find yourself wondering how did some of these towns get their names? For instance, what in the world could have happened to the people in Mount Misery? What happened in Double Trouble? And what calamity could have taken place in Ong's hat? Where's the rest of old Mr. Ong? Who or what could have been sold in Bargain Town? Perhaps the womanly pleasures of Deborah or Estelle or Beverly. What happened in Jenkins' neck? What's under shell pile? And who or what is buried in Red Bank? Perhaps now you'll let your imagination run a little bit. 
wonder what in the world could have happened to these little towns in South Jersey. And what about old Mr. Rome? Timers have always said the only way you could tell if you had a good bowl of Jersey clam chowder or a real by God Jersey asparagus soup is if you found it in the bottom of your bowl. It is sand. And sand is all over South Jersey. And the sands in South Jersey are blessed. Sand gave birth to America's first successful industry right here in South Jersey. Glass making. An industry that made Jersey world famous and still is for that matter. Why the sand here is so pure that way back in 1739, a fellow by name of Casper Wister, who founded the world-famous Wisterberg Glassworks, way down in Alloway's town, declared that the sand is of such purity, it needn't be washed. But where did the pure sand come from? Why is it in such abundance here in South Jersey? Well, the way the old pineys tell it is as follows. The Almighty, in his wisdom, knew that settlers from all over the world would be coming to South Jersey to make new lives for themselves and for their families. He knew, too, that Old Lucifer would be awaiting for him, trying his damnedest to throw his sin-greased monkey wrench into the works. The night before the first settlers arrived, the Almighty noticed Lucifer lurking in and around the swamps, and he called to him. Lucifer! What is it now? said the devil. I will make you a deal for the souls of these new people if you promise to abide by the rules of the deal. Now, of course, Lucifer in his foolishness believed he could outsmart the Almighty in any game. So he agreed to abide. Tell me the rules then. The devil said. The Almighty called. You can have any and all the souls you want without my interference. If you perform but one single little chore. Will you do one chore for so many souls? Thinking the Almighty had taken leave of his senses. The devil agreed. I agree said Lucifer, 
To do one chore of your asking. Now tell me quickly what I must do. The Lord smiled and said, You must count, wash, and pile every single grain of sand in South Jersey. When you have finished this chore, the souls are yours. Start at the ocean and work west to the river. When the new settlers began to arrive, they saw the devil at the edge of the ocean, counting, washing, and stacking grain upon grain of sand, one by one at a time. When the stacks became too high and the sand would fall back down, Lucifer would call up to the Almighty, Done! Which, with his accent, sounded like Dune. And that is how the Sand Dunes got their name. The settlers would all go down to the shore to laugh and snicker at Lucifer's work while they enjoyed a day at the beach. This infuriated the devil, and he became so mad that intense heat would radiate from his body. Which is why one can still get a nasty burn on the beach, even on a cloudy day. Even now, old Lucifer is still counting. That is why you may run across an out-of-place mound of sand in the pine barrens, or find a sand dune where there was none the year before. And some folks swear they stopped making so much glass in South Jersey so that the old devil wouldn't run out of sand. Who's to say? One thing's for sure. The day probably will never come when the devil has finished counting the blessed sands of South Jersey. Well, now then, we've shared some stories, haven't we? And who's to say which is fact and which is old fancy? We hope you enjoyed the stories shared here from the south of Jersey. And we'd like to remind you to come and visit us when you get the chance. We'd also like to remind you, be very, very careful in the pines. So many things here mean so much to so many of us. For you see, we're still here, all of us, waiting to make your acquaintance. In the light of the full moon, here in the Pine Barrens, here in the south of Jersey. Won't you fare thee well? <laughs>